Welcome to the Creative Marketing Show with your host, Rosh Sillers. Welcome. Welcome to the Creative Marketing Show. I'm your host, Rosh Sillers. And boy, do we have an excellent show today. We are talking about pricing. And pricing is really a, uh, a big topic. And for those of you who are freelancers, small business people, a lot of photographers watch this show, it is it's just something that we talk about a lot. Um, I have a article I put on rochsillers.com. I Actually, this year I started just updating it. Uh, I'm not creating a new one, but for the last number of years, I would create a new pricing article and then... Um, you know, announce it and you know, all the fanfare and get you know, 20, 30,000 people in a day to read it. Uh, now I'm just updating it and sharing my thoughts there. But man, this is such a, a topic that people just are dealing with all the time. I um, just did a seminar for the American Society of Media Photographers on this. And so I just wanted to talk about the different types of pricing, the pricing strategies. And this is gonna run across the board. Quite often, traditionally, when people are listening to me on my pricing topics, it's very much for the, the creative. This is a little broader, uh, but you can still bring in a lot of different types of pricing strategies to the conversation. Uh, even if you are a freelancer um, or an entrepreneur with a, just a small business, there's so many just little bits and pieces that you can bring into your strategy that will really help you make more money in the long term. Pricing is just so important. And so much of it is psychology. And, you know, the thing is, it's this balance of, you know, if, if people are saying yes too quickly, you obviously know your price is too low, right? And if, if people are just saying no, 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 and you keep missing opportunities and you're not selling your service or your product, whatever it may be, and... and then maybe your price is too high. Now, there are a number of other reasons that could be there, but that is certainly something to look at because people are not seeing the value. And so it's really important to um, to make sure we find that balance of the maximum sales that we can possibly get without one losing <laughs> We want to make a profit. That's why we're in business. No matter what we do, we are in business. Whether it's a creative business or you're selling widgets, we are in business. And we need to remember that. So let's go through some of the basic pricing models first. The first one is the most obvious one. Cost plus pricing. Meaning this is how much it costs me to do business, or this is how much it costs for this product, and I'm going to add a price on top of that. Quite often, a percentage is a good way to go. That's what I would recommend. Find out your, your cost of doing business, the cost of whatever it is you're trying to sell, and then add 10, 20, 30, 50%, 100%, whatever it may be, based on what your profit margin you think should be. Quite often, throughout many industries, I see 33% as a standard. Now, I'm in Detroit, a lot of manufacturing here. One, 2% is pretty common here because it's a high, high volume scenario. But for most of us, small business people, 33% is 
cover everything and then add a little bit more. Uh, now, if you're dealing with the world of copyright and things like that, then obviously you have premiums that you should add on there, which is a value add depending on how much, if people are purchasing the copyright, if people are, have unlimited use, if people are just using the image for personal use. So that's something, if you're a writer, you're a creative, you're a designer, Obviously, those types of usages are something to consider in terms of the size of the company, where other types of businesses, if you're going to sell um, a little piece of equipment uh, that you could add on to some type of product or you know something that makes life a little easier for everyone, you've, just, you've solved the problem in your industry and this little gadget's going to help everyone out. Well, in that situation, you don't charge more because it's a you know larger company. You can't, you don't do that, or or the usage is going to be greater. You know, the usage is greater. Just wear the product out, and hopefully they buy another one or buy more. Okay, so uh, competitive pricing is based on you know what what is the competition doing, and that's something to consider. But that's when we get into the value. Quite often, many of the things that we do today. Uh, can be found on Google. You know, whatever you do can be found. I, I visited my friend who's going to have heart surgery. I often, I've used this example before, but um, now it's actually relevant. My friend is going to have heart surgery. And dare I say, I could probably get all the information to do it myself for him. And, uh, you know, dare, you know, get all the tools and whatever I need online to do, do that heart surgery. Now, I guarantee you, if I came in with a bag and said, you know what, we're going to save some money here. I'm going to do this for you. These hospitals, man, have you seen the rates for that surgeon? Okay, I'll do it. I got all the information online. It ain't going to go over too well. It's not going to happen. So there is value that can come out of a lot of different areas. And, and that one is an obvious value. And so undercutting the surgeon's price isn't going to get me the sale. So that, that's something you need to consider. And that's something that really that that mindset, that mindset really can be used in the real world. And we'll talk more about that in a few moments. Uh, Value-based pricing, uh, and I'm going to read this, setting a price based on how much the customer believes what you're selling is worth. Actually, that goes back to the whole, you know, heart surgery thing. And that that's exactly right value-based pricing. What is that value to the customer? I mean, think about that. That's what Uber does, right? Prices go up and down based on supply and demand and the value of when people uh, are interested uh, or need a ride. And if more people need a ride, obviously that, that's, that pricing goes up. That's a supply and demand model. Price skimming is another one. Uh, setting a high price and lowering it as the market evolves. You'll see that a lot in technology, uh, something brand new comes out and you'll see a high price and then over time is because they have to pay for that new technology and over time as they're able to build more and more of whatever it may be, well then the price slowly comes down. Uh, penetration pricing. This is something and I think is a mistake, is a mistake for a lot of independent professionals and that is trying to go in low to be competitive within the market, and you're going to raise the, your price later. The problem with that is that once you have established your brand, and we'll talk more about that in a few moments, but once you've established your brand, it's hard to get out of it. It doesn't mean you can't. 
doesn't mean you can't build your brand over time and people have done it. But once you set where you're going, it's hard because people are referring you and you say, oh, I, I can't miss this opportunity because so, especially for creative professionals, you know, somebody refers you and he's like, oh, but I need to pay the rent. <laughs> I'm going to take this on and another person. So next thing you're, you're busy with a bunch of people who are referring you because they need a lower priced person or professional or photographer or writer, designer, whatever it may be. Lawyer, you I mean you're you're now pegged as the low priced whatever it may be, and people will refer you, and it's hard to get out of that. It is really hard to get out of that, and so you need to have a conscious, mindful effort. If you're going to do it, start raising your raising your prices immediately, and start building up that confidence in you. Let me tell you, it's very very straightforward. Selling and sales is a confidence game. It really is. I I know when I've been uh, when I in the past when I had worked on sales floors and different types of sales. When I went in and felt good, when I just felt good and felt confident in who I am, I sold more. And you might say, "Well, it's lucky day." No, it was. It, it seemed like every time. I mean. Sure, were there a bad day? But darn it, when I felt good and was happy and just everything was going well, I everything else kept going well. And it just kept snowballing and it really did work. And so having confidence in the price that you are presenting is really important because that, I would dare say, is certainly part of the value that is being offered. And if people have confidence in you, and have confidence in who you are and what's that magic word that we hear all the time? Trust. And people trust you. They're not going to shop around for the lowest price because they may get the lowest price, but they won't necessarily know that they trust that person. And so if you can have that confidence, look, this is the price, but I'm going to give you exactly the value you are looking for then that, that's going to work, and people will pay a little bit more for that. Uh, psychology pricing is another one, and, and there's a number of ways to go about it, but the one that we all know is you know, the 99, you know, for $9.99. Not $10, not $10, but $9.99. It, you know, it's all yours. And there's a question coming up. I have a, series, a couple uh, question and answers that's going to address that. Somebody had a question related to that. But it does work. And you should be mindful of that, that it does work. Whatever the reason, we even know that it's really $10. No, it's $9.99. We see the nine. And, and it really does work. Okay, something else that's really powerful, and I think this is probably one that you should make note of as we get into the conversation of value again. And that is bundle pricing, adding more, giving people multiple features, benefits, products, services in one for one really good price. One, it increases your, your gross income overall. You may make a little bit less on all of your products, but you're selling more. And if you can learn how to bundle price, you're going to have a much more profitable company. And 
that doesn't matter where where you are. I think I think for any any situation, if you can, in I would say eighty percent of the time, bundle multiple things together. Now this is also true. If you are partnering with other companies, if you're partnering with other companies, bundle your products and services together. We've talked about this a lot um, on the other channel. If you're interested in the other channel where I talk business and marketing regularly, just go rosh.video, put that in your URL, and that'll take you over there. And if you if you have actually partnered with other company to help grow your business, make sure you put put a comment below and also give me a, give me a thumbs up there that you have actually done that because this is probably one of the most powerful ways to grow a business, no matter what business you are. And have you taken it to the next level of actually bundling and selling your partner's products and services together with yours? Are you doing that? Imagine one, being able to add that value for your customer and imagine somebody else adding your value to what they offer. Think about that. Think of the power of that. That's why partnering works so well because you have customers that, you, that may be able to use their services and they have customers that you, you know, may want your service. And boy, does that help a lot, especially when you're trying to grow a little bit quicker. And that, that was one of my last videos and, and just trying to grow a little faster. And that, that really is a good way to go. Okay, so reframing, obviously, the prices. I, I had a uh, client that wanted to break some numbers up a little bit. And it was a lot easier for them to swallow. And this was photography-based. And I allowed them to pay over multiple months. I've done this a few times with a few clients. And it was a lot easier for them to swallow. I do the per image pricing, which is another thing for the photography crowd. Rather than giving them day rates, I give them a per image rate. It's a lot easier to digest the value of each image versus, oh, wow, this photographer's thousands of dollars a day? Are you kidding me? Oh, you mean it's $300 an image? Oh, yeah, I can do that. I know the value of that. And I all know all that goes into that image. Oh, do I need 10? Yeah, I need 10 of them. So being able to break those things down, and that's why I'm a big fan of per image pricing or even project pricing. Project pricing is kind of like bundle pricing. And that's what I do on the digital side. I, I bundle price. I give people a little bit of a break when they purchase pay-per-click and SEO and, and other services and consulting and put it all together. I give them a break versus if they just hire me for SEO, if they hire my media company. So bundling really does help a lot understanding how to frame the pricing and giving them options to pay. Now, you don't have to be a bank, especially when you're a smaller business. Being the bank is not your job. And there's nothing wrong with making sure you're paid on time and having incentives to make that happen. And you shouldn't have to necessarily, if you have you know, a lot of expenses, those things don't have to be on you either. However, when you can give people different ways to approach this, uh, in other words, make it easier for them to buy from you, pricing really does play a, a big, is a big deal. All right, so context. And this can also go to brand too. And I thought this is really good. So there, in a, there's a Vander, Vanderbilt University study published in, in the New York Times Magazine. Customers 
They stated this. Customers are willing to pay higher prices for Budweiser if they know it was coming from an upscale hotel versus a rundown grocery store. Think about that. And I bet you're guilty too. You're more, more willing to pay for a beer or whatever it is or, or a pop or Coke or, you know, Pepsi, Sprite, whatever it may be. Water. <laughs> Water. You're willing to pay more if you're in an upscale place or if you know it's coming from an upscale place. And this was a situation where the, it was coming from. So the, the Budweiser was coming from an upscale restaurant or, or hotel or whatever it may be. And so they're willing to pay more. Now, these still may be in the same location. But if it's just coming from the rundown grocery store from down the street, they were not willing to pay as much for that same Budweiser that would be delivered to them in the same spot. Context. So let's talk about brand and your brand. Are you bringing that value to your brand and who you are? Are you using high design in your delivery of what you do? Are you using great photographs? Photography community, hello. Great selling point. Great photographs help sell more. And if you're a designer, you know, making sure you, you hire a good photographer. And if you're a photographer, make sure you hire a good designer. And making sure that you are at the top of the game, as high as you can go, as high as you can afford, and where your talents take you. Because people will pay based on the perception. There are, I, I, I've used this example recently. I've used it a lot recently of how at, at the studio, we received an opportunity for bids. It was my, one of my studio mates, and he bid around $5,000 for this job. It's a two-day job. And another person bid $500. And another one bid $25,000. I think sometimes I say it's 50, but it's actually 25,000. What's the difference? Brand. That other person is able to get $25,000 a day. Did they get that assignment? Nope. My studio mate got it. But it beat out the $500 person. Because the, the value, the people knew that, no, 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 500, no, no. That, that, <laughs> that will not happen here in this situation. So, but that $25,000 photographer does not have to win as many bids, do they? One or two a month, and they're doing okay. <laughs> they're doing okay. and that But that's value, and they do that because they know they can. And even though they lose, next time, maybe that same... I, I had a great conversation the other day with a creative director who I we had this conversation. And, and say, you know... I, actually, it was a, cre a creative director and then later another art director. And we're having this conversation and just about bidding and how they're always having to bid everything three, you know, three bids and everybody's bidding. And and so, you know, it's so hard. Yeah, I just have to be the lowest prices. Yeah, until until the client sees that hot, you know, is, uh, Italian photographer creating these great images, then it's just call. What's the price? And it's true. If you really want something, a car you will pay that price if you can afford it. And, oh, great. Harley has a, a point. I'm going to get to that in a moment, Harley. Um, if you have something that you really want, you will save the money, put yourself in the debt over it, 
whatever it may be. That is just the way we are. If we don't see high value in something, well, we're going to go for the lowest price. So that, I think, is just, it's just an amazing thing. So keep it positive. Don't beat up other people's pricing. Don't put other people down. I think that takes away from your value. Or tell people they're too expensive. Are they? I mean, or saying the competition is too expensive. Are they? I don't know. What are they adding? What value are they adding? You Do you know? Or, or, so just keep, keep the po- message positive and keep it into what you are offering and go from there. All right. When it comes to price hikes, we'll talk a little bit about increasing price. Somebody has a question related to that. And, and I think price hikes are something you should be thinking about and something you should do often. The, the research says that a price hike of 10% seems to be solid. You can get away with 10% and not many people will flinch. And over time, that compounds, obviously, right? And so two, three years from now, you've increased a lot more and people are not complaining. And it, look, prices increase over time. But leaving your price alone forever is not right. You need to increase your price and have a plan around it. And I usually, for any kind of price adjustments, I like to work with percentages. It's a lot easier just to say 10%. Or if there's another value add of some sort, I'll say 10% or 20%, and then it takes the emotion out of it. If I can take the emotion out of my pricing, if I can take the emotion out of my pricing, I tend to be a lot better off. Another thing we talk about, and then I want to talk about freelancers and hourly, and then I want to get to Harley's statement and read that, but is, is certainly using the combination code. And that's combining something of value to separate yourself from the competition. I've talked about this for many years now, about, about ten, nine, 10 years. And it, it can be just a new technology, a style, another product, a service that you add with to what your core is, and it separates you from the competition. So it's harder, one, to price exactly the same, but you're also adding value that maybe other people are not. All right, let me uh, check out. See, my, uh, my dad had a customer years ago who would generally take the midpoint bid. They figured the low bid didn't know what they were doing, and the high bid was gouging them. And you know what? You're absolutely right. And quite often, what I'll do is I give three options. Um, I know that's not the same, but for the same idea to give somebody a choice, when I'm, say, doing my digital work, I often give people three options with different value points. And, and that, that's probably pretty common. Um, but although it's also very common that they just take the low bid, too. Um, and maybe they are gouging them, but if you don't see the value of the brand, they're gouging them. As far as you're concerned, that, that $25,000 a day for that photographer Someone would say, you're, you're gouging me. 25000 I don't see your value. But if somebody really likes their work and knows that they're $25,000, they're going to pay it. And that's true with just about anything. Okay, freelancers and hourly. I was talking about this uh, a few moments ago related to permit pricing. And I think anybody, any kind of professional should try and stay away from hourly because hourly is not scalable. And yes, a lot of people understand hourly, but they also look at you and they're like, but did you really use that full hour? 
You just billed me 10 hours. Did you really only use eight? I mean, hourly is so suspect. Immediately, it's just suspect. But if I say something is $300 and you get all this in it, then there, okay, I get, there's the value. It had nothing to do with my hours. You don't put, I think if more and more people do not put the value, professionals, freelancers, their value on the time, give them a project price. And if you get done earlier, then who cares? Who cares? You are highly productive. You are not punished for your productivity. And that's what you don't want to be. You don't want to be uh, punished for your productivity. And so that's why any kind of freelancer, independent, consultant, don't do hourly. Now, I will, I will concede that I do hourly on my consulting because I'm there for an hour. But I'll try to package. I, I do bundle package my, uh, my consulting in with a lot of my uh, SEO and pay-per-click stuff just because it does add value. And people know what that hourly rate is. And sometimes people say, oh, well, then can you, you know, just kind of take an hour of your time and really hash over something. And then I, that's when that hour rate comes in. But that's not the way I promote what I do. And in even the SEO, I know SEOs who talk, well, how many hours? Okay, it's going to take us about three hours. This will each week or month. And this is how much it'll cost. I never use any kind of time in what I'm doing. I, I add the value and I say, this is the result we're going after and what we're going to get. And here you go. This is what's going to happen and this is how much it's going to cost. Done. And hours, hourly is just, just rarely a big part of what, I, what I'm looking for. All right. Uh, let's see uh, if there's anything else. Uh, hourly, that was it. Add value. Okay, so when, when negotiating, this is the last point before the question and answer. So if you anyone has any questions or thoughts or an, question and answers, put it put in the comments uh, in the chat. I'm, I'm happy to answer any questions to the best of my ability. And if you're catching this on the replay, please do put a comment. Um, this is always a hot topic and I will I will I will answer you. So that that's pretty exciting. Um, oh, also uh, later this week, I'll have another video on this channel and I will continue. I think Thursdays I will have a new video every week on this channel uh, for mostly, obviously, the photo creative community uh, specifically. Uh, but um, anyway, um, I'm, I actually, on the other channel, Rosh.video, I, I, I created my whole calendar. Rosh.video, uh, that's my main uh, marketing business channel. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, new videos every week. And then my, excuse me, my Rosh Media channel. Yeah, I have three. I, yeah, I'm a sucker, am I? Uh, but that'll be all the tutorials. And I'll have two new tutorials every week. And I'm starting off, and maybe you can um, understand, um, get, get a little something out of this. So I'm starting off really just sharing the um, you know things that actually my clients are asking for. So I can actually use this in the Rosh Media channel. I can I can share, okay, this is how you find the customer number on AdWords. Things like that, you know, things that I think people are searching for, but I can actually point to and actually use as part of my business. Let that grow a little bit more and see how that works. Okay, adding and subtracting value uh, when negotiating. I think it's really helpful if you understand that if you have your price and somebody, 
somebody wants a lower price that you subtract something when you lower that price if you are willing to lower your price you don't have to nothing don't say you have to lower price when someone asks you to lower their price but if they do take something off the table does it have to be the exact value so for example if if you have a thousand dollar product service whatever it may be and somebody asks for a lower price so let's say it goes down to $800, which is a big chunk off, 20, 20% off, then take something of value that's maybe $150 off. So, so you take $150 worth of value off, and so now they feel like, okay, they're getting a little bit better price, they're still getting higher value, everybody kind of wins. That's the way I like to use it. Maybe you disagree. Maybe you like to approach it differently. Or you can say, let's keep it, at $1,000, but I'll also add something else in, uh, maybe $50, $7,500 more value. And, and so negotiate like that. Don't just negotiate on price alone. There has to be more to it. And so that I think is really important in terms of adding the value and understanding your value as a brand. Increase your prices as you develop your brand as people get to know who you are, as you get busier, understand that your brand is something that does add value to the ticket price, especially if you're independent professional, independent creative. It really does make a big difference and can make a big difference in the bottom line at the end of the year that, boy, you're going to be real happy you did. It's because um, you're going to see your over over your growth. And if you don't, then make, make some adjustments. But You'll, you'll be happy because as many of us know, as freelancers, independent folks, we, we know that, you know, you get real busy and then you don't. <laughs> and when you don't, you think no one's ever going to call you again. So you're hope, happy you had that little back backup in the savings account and uh, that'll get you through. OK, question and answer time. Uh, what is the best way to tell clients you're going to raise prices And this is something that I think is really important. As I mentioned before, 10% is a good number to go to increase. Uh, 10% seems to be the threshold that people are willing to deal with. And that that's good. But the key is communication. Communicate. Let people know ahead of time. You know, maybe give them a little signal that you're going to raise prices and then, you know, see what they say. I'd prefer not to. I'd prefer not to lose the customer. If they're a good customer, if they're a bad customer, that's fine. Sorry, you can't afford my rate. But some people just say, hey, that's we're going to lose it. And I know we've had this conversation in the past. Some people are willing to lose, increase their prices until they start losing customers and then replace them with people who are willing to pay that. And that's one way to go about it. Um, I, I don't necessarily like to do that. But I will you know, post that new price and my new clients will pay that price. Or at least that's the starting point if there's any negotiation, right? Okay. Uh, brand, is, is it really add value? And, and the answer is absolutely yes. And I, I have to go back to that story of the $25,000, $5,500 photographers. I, I just think that is such a classic example. I, I have lost clients who were 10, five, 10 times more than I was because of who they are. And yeah, I was in the mix, but they wanted that person because maybe their style, their reputation just was far superior than mine at the time. Done deal. I was, there's no way I could have competed with that. 
And so brand does make a big deal for you. And when you feel like you're in the middle of the pack, you know, being in the middle, and that's going back to, uh, you know, Harley's conversation, being in the middle, you know, that that's quite often not the way it goes because people are either going to go for the brand or they're going to go for the sale. And the people in the middle kind of get stuck fighting it out for the scraps. And, and there's not as many. I mean, so, I mean, I, I appreciate, you know, Harley's dad saying, hey, I'll take the middle one, which is smart. And when I often give three options, people often take the middle one. Why? Because there's less risk, right? You didn't take the cheap option, but you certainly didn't take the most expensive option. I mean, giving them three options is a good way to go. And taking the middle one, I know sometimes is the, is the way people like to work, but not always, not always. And I think there's more competition in the middle, um, certainly more competition in the middle and than uh, in the high, high, highest points of whatever industry you're in. There's less competition up there. There may not be as many jobs, but there's less competition, so you have a better chance of getting those bigger jobs. So again, depending on the industry you're in. Okay, services. Um, so something like you know, if you're a writer or or a designer, or, you know, should you you know, should your price be you know, one ninety nine ninety nine? We just talked about that ninety nine thing as that psychological element. And I have to say this, I would say what I have done is not that, but I do like to have like an off number. So maybe if something were to be $1,500, I may say $1,535 or $1,485, but not even numbers like $1,400, $1,300. I like to add or subtract a little something, you know, $12 and or $1,215 or something like that. That, that. I like to do that. And that is a little bit of that psychological element. And I, I think it does work. It is helpful. Um, and I think it gives people the impression that you have put thought into it rather than just rounding up. Because I have put, put thought into it. So I'll, I will work with those numbers. So if it, if it turns out, hey, it's going to be, you know, $1,050, then I'll, you know, change it. Rather than round up, I'll just change it maybe 1035 or something like that. That just seems like it's a little, it's not too clean is the way I like to look at it. Just, that, again, that psychological element. A lot of times, psychology plays. That's why bundling works. That's why two-for-one works. That's why buy-one-get-one works. I mean, apply all of these pricing ideas and test them out see what works best for you don't if you've done the same kind of pricing for years start trying something new sometimes and, and believe me as my photography goes i think i'm a very good photographer but am i such a good photographer that there are not 200 million other people who could do just as good of a job or not better of course there there are many people who could do a great job but Pricing was actually one of the things that helped separate me from the competition, the way I approach it. When I started doing permit pricing 15 or so years ago, getting away from the hourly thing, man, did my business start to grow. So pricing is a huge part of your business. And start thinking about it that way. It says so much about you. It tells so much of your story of who you are as a company and the way you approach your business. 
All right, thank you so much. It's great to have everybody here. We had a nice few people popping in and out. Um, and thank you, Harley, as always, for being here. And uh, those of you who are watching, uh, feel free to say hello in the chat uh, as I wrap up. This is show number 436. And wow, we just keep going. And we've been going every Monday for quite a while. As many of you know, I, was, I went every Monday for four years straight on the podcast. And then... Uh, then of course, then life happened, and and so I, I kind of was up and down for many many years. That's why it's for 36 and not where it probably would have been middle of probably about 550s about where I'd be by now if I had continued on that streak. So, uh, but it feels good to be doing this, and I do like. And I did back in the day, a good number of years ago, tried live streaming when they're early on, um, but now today it looks like that. Uh, YouTube is really making it easy. And now you, it looks like they're doing some streaming. I, I saw when I opened up here that they have, you, you can maybe connect OBS to the live stream now. It's in beta. So if you um, do any kind of live streaming and use something like OBS, some kind of third-party client that gives you more options, uh, which I think is smart because that means YouTube doesn't have to add all those little you know, transitions and everything into their system, they can just let third-party systems use it. And um, I just don't like the high delay on that. So I, I like just going straight forward and talking straight up and, and answering questions kind of as they come in. So, okay, it's been great. It's wonderful. We will talk to you next week, Monday, 4 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Bye.